You are an Australian farmer. I'm so proud of you. You you go you're preparing to go out to your yard and farm the wheat. You are a farmer of Western Australia. And ever since that wonky uh, stock market crash thingy majabber back in 1929, your your great country of Australia's economy isn't looking so hot. But it's not like you're back at Gallipoli or Ypres back in the Great War. I mean, since then, the government's given you land to farm and help the economy. Where were we? Oh, yeah. You open your door to see an over five and a half foot tall flightless bird eat up all your crops. This is the Great Emu War of 1932. And at the time this is scripted, the world is roughly a month away to the 90th anniversary of the start of the Emu War. by Bing Crosby, a rather hit song of 1932, when this, when our great Emu War take place. Anyway, the Emu, up to 6 feet tall, 100 to 120 pounds, and can run up to 31 miles per hour, or 54 kilometers per hour, and, the and is the national bird of Australia. In 1932, before the Emu War, it is said there is 20,000 emus on the island of Australia. Most lived in Western Australia, and if you put a small wheat farming town in place of a of large emu wars, well, two plus two equals an emu war in this case. This town is Campion, Australia, and the farmers living there were fed up by 1932 to see the emus eating their wheat and then holes big enough for wraps to get through to finish the job. But to solve this problem, you'd think they would go to the, the Australian Minister of Agriculture, Joseph Lyons. But the farmer said, no, this is a job for the military. And so they went to the, minister the Australian Minister of Defense, Sir George Pierce. And now, as I mentioned recently, most of them were World War I veterans, and they knew the effectiveness of a wacky new thing called a machine gun. George Pierce agreed but made the farmers sign an agreement saying the guns were to be used by military personnel and the troop transport was to be financed by the Western Australian government. And the farmers would also provide food accommodation and payment for the, for the ammunition. Pierce also supported the deployment because the birds would make good target practice. Would make good target practice. While it had also been argued in the, some of the government that it may have viewed as that it may have viewed the operation to be helping Western Australian farmers to stave off the secession movement that was breathing. Towards that end, a cinematographer from Fox Movie Stone was enlisted. 
The military involvement was due to begin in October 1932. This war was to be conducted under the command of Major, of Major G.P.W. Meredith of the Australia of the 7th Heavy Battery of the Royal Australian Artillery. Meredith was commanding soldiers Sergeant S. McMurray and Gunner J. O'Halloran. However, by a period of rainfall that caused the emus to scatter over a wider area, the operation was delayed. The rain and, far the rain and farmers, and according to a newspaper account, was to collect a hundred emu skins so that their feathers could be used to make hats for light horsemen. Their first attempt. On the 2nd of November, the men traveled to Campion where they set up their machine guns and where some 50 emus were sighted. As the birds were out of range of the guns, local settlers attempted to herd the emus into an ambush. But the birds split into small groups and ran that they were so difficult to target. Nevertheless, while first fuel slayed of the machine guns were ineffective due to the range, a second round of gunfire was able to kill, quote, a number, end quote, of birds. Later the same day, a small flock was encountered and perhaps, and quote, perhaps a dozen birds were dead. The next significant event on November the 4th, the next significant event was on the 4th of November. Meredith had established an ambush near a local dam, and more than 1,000 emus spotted to be heading towards their position. And this time, the gunners waited until the birds were in close proximity to open firing. Now, no one really knows how this happened, but I think it's a failure of early machine guns. But only 12 birds were killed before both guns jammed. No more birds were sighted that day. In the days that followed, Meredith chose to move further south, where the birds were reported, where the birds were, quote, reported to be fairly tame, end quote. There's only limited success despite its efforts. By the fourth day of the campaign, the army observers noted that, quote, each pack seems to have its own leader. A big, a a big black plum bird would stand fully six feet high and keep watch while his mates carry out the work of their destruction and warns them of, of, of our approach." End quote. At one stage, Meredith even went so far as to mount one of the guns on a truck, a move that proved to be ineffective as the truck was unable to gain on the birds and the ride was so rough the gunner was unable to fire any shots. By the 8th of November, six days after their first engagement, 2,500 rounds, or 2,500 rounds of ammunition had been, had been used. And the number of birds killed is uncertain. One account estimates it was 50, but other accounts range from 200 to 500. The latter figure being provided by the settlers. The Meredith, uh, Meredith's official report noted that his men had suffered no casualties. On November the 8th, the Australian House of Representatives members discussed the operation. Following the negative coverage of the event in the local media, which included the claims that only, that quote, only a few emus, end quote, had died, Pierce withdrew military personnel and the guns by November the 8th. 
After the withdrawal, Major Meredith compared the emus to Zulus and commented their striking maneuverability of the emus even while badly wounded. End quote. If we had a military division with the bolt carrying capacity of these birds, it could face any army in the world. They could face machine guns with the invulnerability of tanks. They are like Zulus who even dum-dum bullets cannot stop. End quote. In about one month, roughly 50 emus were killed. After the withdrawal of the military, emu attacks on crops continued. The farmers again asked for their support, citing hot weather and drought that brought the emus invading farms in the thousands. James Mitchell, the premier of Western Australia, lent his strong support to the renewal of military assistance. At the same time, a report from base commander was issued that the indicate 300 emus had been killed in the initial operation. In acting on the request of base commander's report, on November the 12th, the Minister of Defense approved the, resum the resuming of military efforts. He defended his decision in the Senate, explaining that why the soldiers were necessary to combat against serial serious agricultural threat in the large emu population. Even though the military had agreed to lend guns to the Western Australian government with the expedition would with the expedition that they would provide the necessary people. Meredith was once again placed in the field due to an apparent lack of experienced machine gunners in the state. They took to the field on the 13th of November, 1932, and the military surprisingly found a degree of success over the first two days, with approximately 40 emus killed. The third day, November the 15th, proved to be far less successful, but by December the 2nd, the soldiers were killing approximately 100 emus per week. Meredith was recalled on December the 10th, and in his report, he claimed 986 kills with 9,860 rounds, and a rate precisely 10 rounds per confirmed kill. In addition, Meredith claimed that 2,500 wounded birds had died as a result of their injuries they sustained. In assessing the success of the coal, an article in the Coolgate Miner on the 23rd of August, 1935, reported although the use of machine guns had been, quote, criticized in many quarters, the method proves effective and saved what remained of the wheat, end quote. Despite... Despite the problems encountered with the coal, the farmers of the region once again requested military assistance in 1934, 1943, and 1948, only to be turned down by the government. Um, instead, the bounty system that had been instigated in 1923 was continued. This proved to be effective. 57,034 bounties were claimed over six months in 1934. By December 1932, the word of the, quote, emu war, end quote, had spread, reaching the United Kingdom, and some conservatives protested, some protester, some conservatives protested that the coal was the extermination of the, quote, unquote, rare emu, the Dominic's, the Dominic Cervanti and Herbert Whittle, eminent Australian orthonologist described this quote-unquote war as quote an attempt of mass destruction of the birds end quote. Throughout 1930 and onward the, an 
Exclusion of the barrier fencing became such a popular means of keeping emus out of agricultural areas and other vermin, such as di dingoes and rabbits. In November 1950, Hugh Leslie raised the issues of the emus in federal parliament and urged the Army Minister Joseph Francis to release a quantity of .303 ammunition from the Army in use to the farmers. The minister approved the release of 500,000 rounds of ammunition. In conclusion, the Emu War and a, and a simplification will always be remembered for stupidity and no offense to anyone. Also, spread the word of the podcast. Really. Uh, we also have a website and a survey on that website. Um, and we would very much like for you to check it out. We have a link in the description. And coming soon is Patreon. Finally. I've been trying to do it for a little bit now. Anyway. Shout. And some shout outs. Isaac Holding. Grace, Jude, Gus, Isaac, Gabriel, Gabe, Michael, and my dad. A.K.A. my first patri patron. Thank you. That is all for now. I will see you next time.